So, yes, a timely topic. Hopefully, I hope. If people are going on vacation, that'd be nice. Even if you're not going on vacation now, it's an opportunity to learn a little bit of Torah. I'm going to cover a lot of small topics, hopefully. Um, this is not one of those, like, one, one topic sheer. I guess it makes sense. Wouldn't it be? Uh, but we're gonna, I brought you some. Still, I have to make a sheet because I can't not make a sheet. It's not a sheer with that sheet. So um, you'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll place you in the direction of the sheet when it's uh, appropriate at times. Okay, um, so what I basically did was, uh, one or two people set in a couple questions actually, which is nice. Um, but I basically just kind of went through my head and looked and just like Googled vacation shyless to see like what would be, you know, things that would be relevant. So I'm going to throw out a bunch of things that I think are relevant. Um, they may be relevant to you, may not be, but hopefully relevant to somebody. Um, and then obviously you're going to have questions that I didn't think of. If I have the answer here, then I'll give them to you. If not, then we'll uh, go further. But, um, okay, so let's go, let's start from the beginning. When you go on vacation, the first one, the first, the, one of the first challenges you're going to hit is uh, the question of Tfilas Aderach. Tfilas Aderach. We don't know a lot about Tfilas Aderach usually. So, uh, how does Tfilas Aderach work? Um, and when do you say it, and how do you say it, and where, where do we go? So, um, take a look at source number one in your source sheet. You have Orachayim Simen Kuf Yud. Tells the following halacha: Yotzei Laderech Yispalel. Person goes out on the road. They should daven. You hear a tone from Necha Hashem Lokinu B'Kedav Asenu. Should tell the Chinu Shalom Etat Zedin Shalom Etc. 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 Right? You look in your Ashkel Sitter. You will find it there. Um, in between Shacharis and Mincha, I think there's a bunch of uh, brachos. That's one of them. V'Tzarach La'Amra B'Lash and Rabin. It's not just myself, but it's etc. If it's possible, should stop and stand while you say it. The person's walking on the way, so they would stop and stand. If you're riding on a horse, or riding in a car, or on a plane, you don't have to stop to say it. In fact, there would be scenarios in which it's probably even more proper to say it on your way out of town. When does a person say it? You don't say it every time you get in the car. Good. So generally, if you're only for traveling a certain a certain uh, distance, uh, usually you have to. We assume you're going three miles a parsa outside of the city. That's usually when you start to say tefillas derech. You're taking a significant a significant ride. You're driving from here to. What? Commuting? Yeah, so no, we're not going to say that. So, just commuting. Leaving the state. Leaving the state, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a normal, a normal commute, no. Um, uh, in Eretz Israel, there are people who say tefillas derech actually much more often. People who are driving in places that are dangerous, they say tefillas derech every time they drive almost anywhere after living in Shtachim. Mm-hmm. Some people say tefillas derech more often. Um, but there are people depends on your stuff. further distance, like to Connecticut or right, Boston. Right, right, correct. So if you're driving from here to Boston, you say Tfilas Adair. If you're driving here to Philadelphia, you're probably just Tfilas Adair. You're going to go outside the aspect of the town. You're crossing, you know, from one place to the other at a significant trip. You're going to say Tfilas Adair. Getting on an airplane, anytime you get on an airplane, you should say Tfilas Adair. When you're yeah. on an airplane, does it matter when you say yeah. it? Yeah, oh, good. Very good. Here we go. So when do you say it? So first of all, look in source number, continue in source number one, where it says, Sif, hey, a lomar osa. That's one important piece. Sometimes you're going on a, on a multi-day. Maybe someone's here is driving to Florida. Maybe, right? So, uh, right? so if you're doing that, then uh, I thought about it once, and then I thought again. Um, um, myself, maybe. Not, uh, not my kids. Um, so uh, you don't say it. You only say it once per day. So if you, get, if you 
driving, let's say somewhere and you stop in the middle to, you know, on your way. You stop somewhere to hang out, to get food, etc. You get back in the car. You don't take tefillas there again. Okay. You only say it one time per day of the trip. What um, going back and forth? Same thing. You're going back and forth in one okay. day. Same thing. Actually, there's a, there's a little line in there in the Tzvah Zederech that Shalom. So if you're going back in the same day, you add that line in that you should go back. Uh, so same thing. You're going to be on two planes in the same day. Right? Same thing. You're just going to say it one time uh, per day. If you're doing a multi-day trip, so then you each day as you get in the car, you'll, you know, go to ballpark to ballpark, whatever you're doing. So then you'll, each day you will say it, say it each time separate. Okay. Uh, fine. Good. Sivav. Haram mi Rottenberg, Hishai Yotzel Aderach, Baboker, Haya Omra, Achari, Hirotson, Kedele, Asmicha, Lebirchas, Goma, Hasadim, Tavil, Mamo Yisrael. He would connect it to another bracha. Why? Because, because the, the bracha of Tfilas Aderach is a, is Yirotson Mofanacha, doesn't start with a baruch. So it's generally, some say it's a, called a bracha smucha lachavrita. It should be a bracha that's connected to another bracha. We have other examples like this in, in the, in, like in the brachas ashachar, where we connect certain brachas to each other because they make them, if a bracha just is open, it doesn't start with a baruch, you connect it to another bracha. So, so many people have the, have the minog, you're going to say to the first you make a shahakal. Right? Do something, you make some other bracha, then you start to feel as to make it a bracha that's connected to another bracha that starts with a baruch. Because you can say a shahakal, baruch at Hashem, it gives more chashivas to the bracha. You don't have to, but it's a nice thing to do. Okay. Um, you say Tfilah Tadir first and then the Brachah or the Brachah then? You say Baruch Atah Hashem Kedim Yachalam Barei and boom right into Yeretz Hon Fanech Hashem Lokeim Kedim Yachalam It's a small detail but it's a, it's a nice way to give the bracha a little more Hashivas right. Yes We're going to Dabba Shachris and we're going to get in the car and go Yes Should I say it at the end of Davening? Yeah so some people think that it's better to say the Tfilah Tadir in like Shomer Tefillah Some people do that Um I'm, I don't want to say it's a machok, it's a post well, that's really, a, it's a question whether that's really appropriate or not. Some say that's like the right way to do it, others say no, because look, the next halacha is, Savzayin Omer Osa Achar Shehichzik Baderech. Right, you really only, you're only supposed to say it once you're already on your way. So, so there are post who say, no, no, you should not say it in your Shemona Esrei, but rather say it on the way. Other people say, no, I'm going to forget. If I don't say it, I'm about to leave, Dami Shemona Esrei, just say it then. It's not wrong to say it then, but I think the, probably the best is to say it on your, you know, uh, while you're already on the way. Um, uh, and and you should say it kind of as soon as you'll do the outskirts. I remember when I was li- when I was living in when I was I guess we'd go to Boston a lot. So there's like this one exit as you leave Boston, you hit the Mass Pike and you kind of like it's clear that you're like you just left, right? It's like very obvious. That was when I was always take two there. When you're like still driving, you see the you see like you know Fenway Park on your left, and we're like like you're not you can't say two there yet. You're not out. You know, haven't left the city. Uh, but once you're like out on the highway and you're on your way out, so then that's really the right way, right time to say it. What about when you're in an airplane? So the, uh, Somebody said the, that when you're that off. when you're actually start running. Down so some the so some folks can say when you're at when you're taxiing. When you're taxiing, you're on your way out. Oh, you're not yet, you know, uh, out of the city. Yeah, but you're like so you're gonna be out so quickly. So from LL, you're yeah. not really. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so others say. So other folks can say as you are actually as the plane starts to. Ascent, it starts to leave, starts to lift off, that's actually you're leaving the city. So either one, you're going to be okay. But yeah, as you're, I wouldn't say it, you don't say it until the, the plane is on its right. way out. But again, it's a very, it's, it's also just, by the way, it's a beautiful way if you're going on vacation with your family, it's a great way to start the trip with your kids. Everyone's going to have a device and a this and a that. I say everyone to pause there for 30 seconds. We're about to take a trip. We ask the Kodesh Baruch Hu to, to protect us as we're traveling. We take, we, we're leaving the city. We take the Rebona Shalom with us. It's a nice, it's a nice way to get the trip started. 
Fine. So that's uh, one, one yeah. person per family. One person you can say to everyone can say I mean. You could each well, person could say their own. Yeah, each yeah. person can say their own. But like if you're in the car, let's say, and you're driving, so you, one person says it, and uh, I would say the person who's not driving should say it. Not kidding. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't. It defeats the purpose, right? Hold on. Um, so yes, you have one person say it. Everyone says I mean, and you're good. Um, if you're on a plane, you know, uh, so then same thing. One person can say it per, per person, or you could have for a group, and other people say amen, or everyone can say it uh, themselves. That's fine also. But if you're on a plane to Israel, can you just say, I'm sure someone else is saying to you also there. No. No? it's not yours to you. That's oh, not, it's not, you have it to yours to yourself. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not for the trip. It's for, it's for yourself. It's for yourself. It's a good, it's a good hour. Yeah, but no, it's for yourself while you're traveling. Honestly, what? What's yeah. What's this concept of... Uh, Adding a bracha to it to make it more chashuv. So like the concept of a bracha asbuch lechavita. Yeah. So like, I don't know if 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 whoever wrote the bracha felt it was important to make it more chashuv, they would have. It's it a good question. It's a good question. So uh, we can talk a different time this year about that that concept. But the regardless, regardless, you're right. It's a long conversation. But regardless, the the concept is when you take a, a feel like that and you connect it to another bracha, it gives it a certain chashuv. Why why create a bracha like that without it? It's a good a, another good question. But um, nevertheless, that's 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 the idea. Okay, so that's that is to So you show up, you show up, and uh, let's say you're staying in a place where you get to a lot of food stuff for now, right now. So let's say there are two different, multiple different ways people stay at somewhere. Right, either they uh, rent a suite or a place that has the kitchen, or you're staying in a hotel that has like a breakfast downstairs. Right? a lot of these questions come up. We get a lot of text messages over vacation. Um, um, about these types of questions, but if you text me while I'm on vacation, I won't respond to you. So, um, so uh, no, but there, a lot of questions come up at these, these moments. So let's talk for a minute about, let's say you're in a place that has a kitchen, that has a kitchen that you want to use, you want to utilize such a kitchen. How does that work? So um, the way it works is just like any other time you want to cash your own kitchen. Um, there's no reason why the, thing, the items in that kitchen can't be cashered just like your own things that belong to you. Um, so that means, so for example, you want to use the oven in that, in, in the, so you have a place that has, a, has an actual oven. So the same rules apply that apply to your own oven. If you have a self-clean oven in that place, turn the self, you don't have to do anything. Turn the self-clean function on for the small, shortest amount of time, still long, probably like two and a half hours. Uh, turn that on, and the oven is, after that's done, the oven is been just libun chamor. It's clearly you blowtorched it. It's totally, anything that any non-kosher taste is totally gone, and it's absolutely permissible to use anything you want in there. Um, even, the, even the racks themselves become kosher at that point because it's been so hot. Um, so you want to make pizza, whatever you want to do in that oven, it's good to go. Same thing with the grates on top, right? the stovetop. If you have a, uh, you have a uh, metalized gas stovetop, so you just turn them on <coughs> for 15 minutes, down all at the same time, right? To be just careful, especially in some other person's place. Uh, we turn on one at a time or something for 15 minutes, um, and then those things are cashered. You make or I did, they may even not need to be cashered, but you should cashier them. Um, and then they can be used, again, to make pasta or whatever you want to do uh, using those grates. Um, for those two scenarios, you don't have to wait 24, usually you wait 24 hours before cashering. those two scenarios, you don't have to. What um, about you want to cashier you're in the microwave? So same rule again, that applies, you want to cashier your microwave in your house. You take a bowl of water, you stick it on that thing, you spin it around 
for 20 minutes and it makes steam, etc. The one difference, though, distinction with the microwave as opposed to the oven and, and the stovetop is that by the, um, is the following question. We have a rule in general that you have to wait 24 hours before kashering, right? When you're doing libun chamur or libun, even libun kal, uh, let's, say, let's say the oven doesn't have a self-clean function, so you turn it up to, the, to 550. When you are, um, when you're doing uh, hagal in a microwave, so then you need to have waited 24 hours. The question is, well, I don't know if it's been used in the last 24 hours or not, right? So we have a rule in general called Stam Kalim Enam Bnei If you're in your house and you find a spoon somewhere and you don't know if that spoon's been used in the last 24 hours, the halacha is, you can assume it has been used in the last 24 hours. Has not been. Has not been. So this halacha, though, doesn't apply in, let's say, a restaurant. Why not? Because that's their business. Because the restaurant's using it all, or, or, in, a, or in, a, in a factory. Right, it's they're using the kilim so often they're not usually letting them they're not generally being laid, left idle for twenty four hours. So the question happens: What happens in a place like this? So if uh, a little bit depends on. I was actually talking to to uh, Rabbi Daniel Feldman about this question today, um, and he said it depends. What? So that's, I actually said that. I actually said that. He said it depends on the mitzvahs. Depends what's going on in these places. So first of all, I don't know if you can ask this question, then it might be creepy. You could ask them, was anyone here yesterday? Right. If the answer is no, then you're for sure you don't have to wait 24 hours. Um, what you for sure don't have to do is wait longer than 24 hours from the last checkout time. So if you check in at 4, but check, checked in at 4, but the checkout is at 10 a.m., so for sure you don't need more than 24 hours for then. Right, right. Um, but to say that, it's, you know, that you can assume it has been used... Um, it's not clear. It's not clear in a scenario like that. So, so he thought, and I thought to, to another part, Simon asked this question also. He also thought, he said it's probably better to, to wait 24 hours from the last time you can tell for sure it wasn't used. Um, but that's not, again, not true by the oven and the stovetop. It would be true by the microwave. Um, what else are you going to use in the, uh, oh yeah, let's say I want to use the, the pots. Sounds crazy, right? Let's say I want to use the pots. So you'd say that's insane. They've been used for trace. The answer they have, but what could you do? You can caution them. Right? You technically you can caution. You have to be careful. You don't want to break someone's stuff. But right, you could take a unusual pot. It's all metal, and you want to take it and you want to fill it up with water. And and uh, again, you have to you have to make sure you have that twenty four hours question that we just talked about before. And you want to put you want to use that pot for pasta. So you take that pot. You boil it up with, with hot with boiling water. So it's a rolling boil, like that's really high, and then you and then you uh, either drop something in and let it fall over, you know, uh, water come over, or you or you uh, put the put the lid on. Um, that that could cash it. That that will cash it. When does so, the what do you have to do to fail it? So ah, so why don't I have to do to fail this Because it's not it's yours. Because it's not mine. It's a, it's a non Jew. It's a non Jewish. Ah, so it's a non Jewish cle. So we're gonna get to that question in a second. It's a non Jewish cle. So I, a, a cle doesn't belong to me. Doesn't require to fill this You can't do this forever. But with derech arai, you're gonna do it for a few days. You're you're you know you happen to be at this place. That's considered permissible. I asked this Rabbi Simon recently. So one thing I found sounds crazy, right? A lot of those places that have their own kitchens right. have multiple. I guess boxes like inventory of new pots. So what I've done in the past, if I is I've requested, can I get new pots in the room? So if they're new pots, they're brand new. Then you don't have to cash them. I don't even have to cash. Yes. Okay. Do now if you can trust if you can, if it's if you can trust that they're really new. Okay. Well, it, you know if they're if they're in the box or whatever. Yeah, but, you can tell okay. they're really new. Then yeah. Then, and if what about if 
I'm a timeshare owner yeah. of a place, you know, and I can I go to a place where I own a timeshare, right. and I ask for the new pots there. There is it. Am I? Is it my plea because um, I'm pe- technically d- an owner? So it probably has a whole different conversation about what what does that mean that you're an owner? Does it mean you have okay. points, or does it mean that you own a place? If you have points, then for sure, then probably not. If okay. you have points, they still don't belong to you. None of this stuff belongs to you. Okay. Um, you can go to thousands, hundreds of places. You, you don't own it. But if you okay. have a one space that you own one week of the year, that might be a different story. I'm not sure. That's okay. a different question. What about Airbnb? Yeah. Airbnb yeah. is advertising. I don't use them anymore anyways. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Let's say, <laughs> hypothetically. VRBO. 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 Okay, yeah. They advertise that they are, um, that they're Jomer Shabbat. Oh, the individual yeah, that you're yeah, going yeah. to. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good question. Um, that's a question of Cheska's cash risk. Right? Can you yeah, trust yeah. that the person to be yeah. right? If a person is is a from person, that's how we eat in anybody's house, right? right. You trust them that they're that they're from. Yeah, you, you have, but you can't trust anybody who just says I'm Shomer Shabbos. That might be hard. You have to have some verification. Sure. I'm not. I'm not sure what exactly. Any apartment in Israel, you yeah. Yeah, I know. I had that when I rented an apartment in Israel once. Like, you don't have to total. Well, you know, some people are worried they have to clean their kitchen, total their dishes every time that right. someone stays in like right. Airbnb because yeah. God forbid, how can I trust the even? Right, the person who came into if I owned the apartment. I thought that a lot of rabbis have said that you give them the benefit of the doubt if they assert that they keep kosher. Okay, so you have to know you have to know who the person is. That's I, the I, question. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't want to say for sure. So not on recorded here. What exactly did you should do? But it's not that simple. The person declares themselves. Right. You know, I don't know if that's simple. Right. What about um, a hot water urn? Can you just assume that? Look, it's just been hot water in there. It's good to go. When I mean, there's a hot water urn in a in a uh, like in a, a what's it called like in a continental breakfast okay. thing? Yeah. yeah, you can use it. You can use the hot water. It's they just use it for hot water. Um, in the ap- oh, apartment, that's like a person's apartment, an individual's apartment. Right. Um, I don't, well, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't say that. No. I'm not so sure that you can assume that a, a, an urn like that is being used just for hot water because uh-huh. it, it's not so simple. They can assume that. Um, yeah, not necessarily. Some of the some of the cautious agencies talk about. Can I use a coffee maker in one of these places? So, so well, can I use a, Can I use a, Can I use the coffee maker? So some make the distinction. If it has, um, it's just like a regular coffee maker. So even if it has flavors, you don't have to be so worried about the flavors. It's flavoring so small that you, as long as you're running a kosher flavor through the thing, that it should be okay. Um, but some make the distinction that they have a, uh, did I put it in here? No, I didn't put it in here. If they have a, what do you call those, those glass, carafe, what's it called? Carafe. Thank you. A carafe? Is that what it's called? A carafe. I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. I had to Google what a carafe is. It's the, the glass thing from the old school coffee mug. Coffee maker. Yeah. So they say not to use that. Okay. Why? Because that could be used for all kinds of things. But it's glass. Right. But nevertheless, they tell you better not to use that. But, but the point is, to assu- I, you don't want to start assuming that things sort of being used for hot are okay to use you, unless, right. unless you kosher them. Do you kosher uh, a barbecue or a grill the same way as an oven? No. So, yeah, uh, yes, in the sense you'd have to like m- literally okay. blowtorch it. And like, so if we put coals on it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't okay. start getting involved in coffee and barbecue. A grill, I would not do that. I wouldn't coffee. I would just buy a, buy a, a disposable one. Yeah, don't, don't get involved in coffee and a grill. Um, also, do not kosher uh, toaster, toaster ovens 
or toasters, mamish, either one. There's they're very dirty and much harder to clean for real. There's all kinds of stuff in them, so I, I wouldn't get involved in those things. This one's very good though. What about here's the halachas over here in Shachanar? Take a look in Shachanar in source number three. We'll come back to the other question about Arabs in a second. Source number three. Um, Let's just say you, Kli was supposed to have Libun done to it. You didn't do that. You did Hagala. And then, You can't use uh, anything hot with it. Fine. Says Takes an item that required Libun. It had to be fired. And you didn't do it. Okay? It needs to be kashered. It wasn't kashered. Okay? You can use it for cold things. As long as you clean it. And certainly if the cleave just needed Hagalah. But only if this is like every once in a while. Okay? Like it's in the scenario where it's in the house of a non Jew. I mean, it's a non Jew's Kalim in their place. Okay? Or it happened already. Okay? Meaning as follows. If you find yourself in a, in a place where in order to use their Caleb, you'd have to kasher them, you can use them for something cold just for a very temporary amount of time. Meaning, cereal. Cereal, I want to use a cereal in the sp- cereal bowls and the spoons in the place where you're staying. That's true at the continental breakfast, and this is true in the place where you are. If, if you're staying in a suite, you can use the bowls and the spoons for breakfast for the four days that you're staying there. Why? What's the concern in general of allowing this? Do, allowing them to do it, derech keva, to have this in their in their house, to have bowls and spoons that really were trafed up. You're just using them cold. Well, nothing transfers cold. What's going to happen? At one point, you're going to use it for something hot, right? So we're nervous about that. But if you know you're doing it just for a few days, so you know just to use it with cold, that's okay. If you're going to do that though, like let's say you're doing it, in, let's say you have your kids with you and you're doing that on vacation, you should tell your children what you're doing. And explain to them, explain to her, if you're going to do this, explain to everybody what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because otherwise, it gets, it, it, that can be very confusing. Right? It, look, if, they have, if you're at the continental breakfast thing and they have paper, paper bowls, so use the paper bowls. Um, but again, this is only to use with something cold because with things that are cold, no, there's no transfer of time. There's no transfer of taste in such a case. There really should be nothing wrong with it. The problem is where that can take us if we're not careful. Right? Where is that not true? If you're at the continental breakfast and they have coffee, you cannot use their mug. Why? That's hot. That's hot. Right? Once you're using their mug, that's that that using something. Else. It's the same thing. Well, yes, we are not. We are not. It's not so clear you can have the hot oatmeal. We'll have to see. But the yeah. What about there are some places that will have like a waffle maker. Ah, uh, okay, good. Sorry, I sorry, I took us out of the suite and down to the continental breakfast. I'm sorry. So hold on, we'll go slow. So we'll go. That was on Dan's deal. Yeah, I know, I know, no, I know. I have pictures of it on my phone. Don't worry, people have sent it to me. Um, you, you told us in shul. Uh, uh, you told us. The Hakila caterers at big, big. Yes, very good. So how do you handle? How does what's the difference between that and you doing coffee mug at a potential breakfast? I guarantee it was ran through a. No, so they, no, they're not using the the coffee. So that's not true. They're not using those. They're not. They're not using the coffee mugs because you can't capture those. So they only do that for dish for for, for silverware, for silverware. Not yeah, not for dishes. They're not what using the. the they're using. I made a comment once that that the, the silverware that's captured by a by a 
by a uh, caterer. It's not. It has. It's been used within within the last twenty four hours. But they put ammonia in there. Okay. You put ammonia in there. It makes it ifra pogim. It turns it in. It makes it in a binyoma, basically. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's it's a kula. I wouldn't apply that here. Um, but that's only true by by things that can be kosher. Uh, mm-hmm. A mug, a china, whatever. Those things can't be kosher. That's not so enough. Wait, what's lechachila and what's bediavet there? They, I, I wasn't clear on that. They said. They so said, I feel lechachila tzoning. Right, right, but the, 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 the Rama says. Um, but he, but he says, V'davka b'derech arai. Even the l'chachila is only a b'derech arai. You can only do a l'chachila, meaning you can decide it's fine to do, but only if you're doing it for a, short, a very short period of time. You can't do it in your house, you can't do it for many, many weeks. You're doing it for a few days, so that, that's okay. Um, I think the time, amount of time you're on vacation probably would be derech arai. That's okay. Um, okay. Um, is that only good? If those plates and dishes are, are in your room, but if, if they're uh, in, the, in a public area, you wouldn't No, you could still use that. Again, we're just talking about uh, like with cold stuff, right? So, yeah, even if it's downstairs right. at the continental breakfast, if they don't have paper and pla- paper, you know, paper goods, you could use the, the, you know, their glasses or things like that just for, for, for drinking and things like that. You could use them because you're just using them for cold cold stuff just to use it you know for a few days like that um, um i wouldn't cash your knives there's ways to cash your knives but you have to you have to first use steel wool and or stick it in the ground outside or you, you get yourself you know, there's ways to do it but I, I wouldn't do that for now um okay fine um let's talk about downstairs at the continental breakfast for a minute and this would be true also um this question comes up for people who go on a cruise Cruises are a disaster for Kashros, apparently. People tell me all the time. Well, it depends on the cruise you go on, unless you go on Costa Rica. Right? But it can become a disaster at times uh, or become challenging. Um, so uh, so I'll, let's talk about the Continental Breakfast, and then we'll talk about some of these overlap with the cruise stuff. So, for, so what can you eat at the Continental Breakfast? What can you eat downstairs? So first of all, any dry cereal and milk. Again, if you can, if you can go to the back and ask them which cereal it is, you just should clarify that it's really... Uh, Fruit Loops and not Fruitios from uh, I don't know where in, in somewhere in Pennsylvania, but it's something it has has on the box, so that's fine. Um, any milk, first of all, most milks have an OU, even milk, um, so you should be you should be fine with that. Um, um, any packaged items, obviously, would be fine. People often ask the question about hard boiled eggs. Well, it could be a problem with hard boiled eggs; they're just being boiled in a pot. So first of all, you don't know if the pot's being only used for eggs. That's number one. It may have been used for other things. Um, but second of all, even if it's, even if it's being used f- only for eggs, it could be a shadow of bishal akum. Um, we'll talk more about bishal akum in a, mu- in a minute, but in order for something to be called and considered bishal akum, um, bishal akum has nothing to do with kashras. Right? Bishal akum is that it's just cooked by a non-Jew. But something's only bishal akum in the following scenario. You have to have two, um, two things in play. Number one, that it's something that um, cannot be eaten raw. Okay, so some so a carrot is not or or an apple um, is not subject to bishul akum because you eat it raw. Um, it has to, and besides being being uh, that can't be served raw, it also has to be something that it would be served at a like a fancy meal. Okay, so some people say, uh, and I've I've heard people say, well, macaroni and cheese is not from bishul akum because they would never serve macaroni and cheese at a at a fancy meal. Others argue, yeah, but pasta would. But okay, fine. But the the point is that uh, hard boiled egg, you might argue, eggs, you know, at times could be served. Uh, 
could be served at a nice meal, and therefore uh, hard-boiled eggs, even if you could determine, which I don't know if you can, that they're only being boiled in that pot. They have an egg pot, and it's only used for eggs. Um, still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have hard-boiled eggs for the issue also of bishalakum. Um, any unflavored coffee is fine. Um, even if you can't verify that's only been the unflavored fa- coffee there all the time, because the flavorings in coffee, the amount of flavorings is so small that it doesn't, we don't assume, we assume it becomes bottled the next time. Um, so you can, you know, you can always have black coffee um, anywhere, virtually. Um, so that's not really an issue. So if they have black coffee there, even if they have, by the way, flavors of coffee that you know have ashkacha. So they have, you know, whatever the, I don't know, Green Mountain, something that you know has ashkacha. So, okay, so they have the same one. So you can use that there also. Um, you can use their sugar and milk and those things. Um, so it's not a problem. So the waffle iron, Shaila. So the waffle iron, Shaila, gets more complicated because some of these waffle irons have like, it's all together, like it's all the same brand. Um, and the brand name will sometimes have an OU on it. So it really, it's very enticing. It looks like, you know, they're really, you know, it's hard to argue that every element there is, is you know, the only thing being used there is, is, is kosher items, the kosher uh, whatever you call it, batter, and then the iron there, and then the syrup also has ashkacha. Everything has ashkacha there. So people ask about that. You know, it's not my favorite uh, approach because, you know, again, are they contractually obligated to use only that batter? If they're really contractually obligated and if they got caught using a different one, they would get fined or something, you could possibly make the argument that you could, it could be mutter, but... I don't know that that's what really happens in these little motel, you know, hotel. It's the place that they don't, if they run out, all you need is one time that they ran out and they substituted one and put it in the same thing and now you just had trafe batter in there and now the thing's totally trafe. So, so there's, no, there's no way to know what's going on there. So you're which, saying you know, when an employee does it, it's possible it might be okay. But if, if the patrons themselves are making the waffles, that's definitely not okay, correct? If the patrons themselves are making the waffles... <coughs> Um, you don't know who somebody else do. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's one thing if an employee is... I'll tell you one other... I'll tell you, actually, I'm thinking about it now. There's one other issue. I didn't never thought about it before. Is, is the Bishal-Akum issue. Because if the non-Jew is using that waffle iron to make... I think it should be... I, I'm just thinking out loud right now. If a non-Jew is using that waffle iron to make waffles, right? So then he just... So why, why am I raising a Bishal-Akum issue? You're, I'm not eating his waffles, right? So there's a Macholkas Aposkim when it comes to Bishal-Akum if it makes the Kalim treif. No, what about the... You said it wasn't a treat. What if you eating his waffles? What? You said it wasn't a treat. So, I know, but what I'm saying is, as I'm thinking out loud, I'm just thinking this out loud. Um, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of the, of, the, of the waffle iron. I'm not in favor of it. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for the reason I raised before, but I'm just realizing now there's maybe a separate issue. Because when, it, when a non-Jew cooks, let's say a person has someone working in their house, right? And they want to make their own food. And they want to make their own food for them to eat. So, they can't use... For them to use your kalim is a problem. Because it... Because by a non-Jew cooking in, in any kli, it makes, it, we assume, halakha that it makes the, the kli treif, has to be kosher afterwards. Even if you so, turn on the stove for them? No, not if you turn on the stove for them. So why can't on the cruise, why can't we go into the kitchen and just turn on the oven for them? Oh, so that's something, that's, we're going to get there in a second. We're going to get there in a second. There, there is a possibility of doing that in certain scenarios. Um, or you put it in for them. But I'm saying the waffle iron, you're not turning it on for the. There's a zillion people. <laughs> there are hundred people have been there. there the thousands of people have been there before you. No, they were there yesterday. They were there the day before you. I don't know. I have to. This is the waffle iron thing. That question. Anyways, I'm not, it's not. I'm not saying there's not anybody who would ever say it's okay. I'm not saying it's absolutely us, sir. But it's. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good because of the the possibility that they could and on any given 
Sunday, on any day, they could, they could swap in a different batter, and then you have no way of knowing. There's no way to know. The OU on the, machine, on the thing doesn't mean there's an, someone's watching the waffle line and knows what's being used there. I would be, if anyone's at a place like this over, over vacation and wants to ask the person if they ever swap in a different batter or... You know, what happens if you get found using the wrong one? I'd be interested to know the answer to that. It's interesting oh, that the OU allows their symbol to stay on the machine. That might... Is the OU on the machine? Yeah, the OU. <laughs> on what the they machine. have is basically the label of the batter uh-huh. is inside like a glass thing to show that this is the brand or whatever that's there. Right. And the OU is, right. is on the label. It's like the OU on the, or on or the yogurt store. <laughs> Which causes the same problem. That gives the implication a million times that the store is under the Ashkach of the OU, which it's not. Right? It's the same issue. But okay, we can, go, we can revisit that question. But it's not my, not my, not my, favorite, uh, not my favorite thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so but what about other things? Like that question comes up a lot at, 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 um, on cruises. Can I, like, have, can I give the guy the salmon and then place it in the oven myself? The answer is yes. Um, if... If you're on a cruise and they have a salmon, so generally the rule is you can only um, you can only use fish if you see the scales on them themselves. The only exception to that rule is salmon, because salmon you can tell by the color of the fish that it's that it's pink or whatever, orange, whatever color that is. Um, so if you would go into the kitchen and they're gonna clean the knife and cut a piece just for you, wrap it in tin foil and you stick it in the oven, the wrap double wrap it and you stick it in yourself. That taka would is is not it's 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 an approach it's it's fine you can do that you just have to make sure you like you really do it um, wrapping, you can't have someone else do double it. wrapping isn't good enough by itself you still have to put it because of the shalakim because of the shalakim he can't cook it for you but you can eat salmon oh, that's not all salmon apparently there's some salmon that can't be eaten raw oh. I didn't know someone that, I found that out some salmon can't be eaten raw okay. I didn't find it out Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg has an article in this. With this about cruises, and he there cites a cites a source, and not not all salmon can be eaten raw. So again, I don't know that for sure. That's what he said. Um, so so the same thing with you want a big potato. You want a big potato double wrapped, so a potato cannot be eaten raw, right? So you want to take the big potato and wrap it up, and say, hey, can I come and stick it, put a place in the oven? It's only going to give you a hard time that they don't care. So then, yeah, you can do that also, and that would work um, for each of those issues. Um, okay, I think that covers us for. Food stuff. Unless you have more food questions. On the Bishalakim thing? Yeah. We can give different shit on Bishalakim in general, but yeah. So, I guess when caterers have like a bunch of, like a, on the Pesach program, there's like a million yeah. like egg, egg guys and none of them are Jewish. Right. The Mashkiach turns them all on. Every single one of them. Yep. That's like the main job of the mashkiach. places <laughs> is to turn on all the fires. That's why the mashkiach and every restaurant in this town, the mashkiach is the, is the only one with the keys who shows up first and lights all the fires. And that's, that's like one of the first, that's like one of the like, like rule number one in Ashkacha is that the mashkiach is the only person who lights the fires in all these places. Sometimes you're lying on pilot light or whatever, but, but the, the, the Jew has to light the fire for that reason. Otherwise, you have Bishal Akram in every scenario. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's talk about a few other things that come up. What about, oh, this is a good one. Eruf. What about an, if you're in a hotel? Can you carry in the hotel? The answer is yes. Okay? Can I carry in a hotel? What's the Shaila? The Shaila is as follows. If I'm in a, you know, an apartment building, an apartment building in a place that doesn't have an Eruf, so it's a big machlok as a postcode whether a person can carry outside their apartment. Um, if, you're in a, if you're in a city that doesn't have an Eruf. Um, why? 
Because what's, what's the whole point? The point is that my apartment to the hallway is from one Rishos to the other. My, my apartment and your apartment are two different, they belong to two different people. So if Moshe Feinstein has a, so why should it not be any different when I go from my room to the hallway of the hotel? So, the, so if Moshe Feinstein has a tshuva, I actually brought you this from the CRC because the tshuva of Moshe is very hard to, to take apart. So just take a look here in choice number two. If Moshe Feinstein rules as follows in regard to any dwelling such as an apartment house or a hotel. If it, he's talking about an apartment. If it's, yeah, I don't love the way they say it, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I think in a second. But if it's a rental or leasing arrangement where the lesser or landlord owns certain appliances and lessees or renters of Maine, for example, when I lived in Washington Nights, so we rented an apartment, and the fridge and the oven and whatever, they belong to the landlord, they don't belong to the owner of the building. They don't belong to me, right? Then the above requirement of an Arab does not apply. Why? He bases this decision on the many Talmudic and rabbinic sources that rules that Tfisas Yad, ownership of certain articles, appliances, are to be considered as all part of the lesser's domain. Meaning, since he owns items in my apartment, in a certain sense, he owns, if he owns the fridge in every apartment and owns the oven, not really it's not totally my own Rishos. And since he owns all of them, what does that mean? It's all of our Rishos are really connected and therefore the, the, the common areas belong to all of us together or to one person altogether. Um, this is true even though the renter has rented the apartment as his own private area, right? The, the, the owner of the building cannot move me from one apartment to the other. I'm renting that apartment, right? So that's those who argue against Rav Moshe say that it's not, really, it's not really true because I'm renting apartment X, right? 4H, not 4J, right? So, it's not, so there are those who don't like Rav Moshe on this. However, however, um, even those who don't like Rav Moshe when it comes to apartment building, when it comes to hotel, it's very different. Why? Because in a hotel, the Itaka can move you from one room to the other. The, the, the room, you don't rent that room. You rent a room. Right? You, you have the rest right to any room, to a room, but they can decide what room that is. Right? So, uh, so... Um, the standard is property within the dwelling. You have your own property there, so why isn't it... Your rishus. You have your luggage there. You have your clothes there. You have but it's not really my rishus because he can move me. No, but I'm saying, but in his, but aren't we? Why wouldn't we be strict on that? You know, the fact that it is, it is my. Technically, I can be moved anywhere. I can, the government can, can imminent domain. Imminent domain. Okay, yeah, anywhere. but generally, but generally, my house is my house and my apartment is my apartment. Generally, uh, Moshe would argue as long as he has some property in your rishus, it means he really owns the whole area. It's harder to argue, but when you're in a hotel, it's much easier to make that argument. So as long as you're inside the hotel, inside the building of the hotel, then there's no question, there's no issue of, of, uh, of air. Why are you looking for a home right here? But the bank owns all these houses. Okay. The bank owns all these houses. It's different banks. Different banks. Let's make one bank. Okay, okay. But fine. So, that, so that's why, you know, in a hotel that is indoors, an indoors hotel, right? Everything is indoors to go from your room to the hallway to the lobby, etc. It's all inside. There's no shallow about an air. Once you start, once you start going outside, it's a different story. You have to know what the setup. I've had people send me pictures of. I'm like, I'm not sure. It's hard. It's much harder once you're done with the outside. Again, you could be like in a certain areas are totally fenced off. That's not a question at all. That's fine. The area is totally fenced off. You go outside into a, you know, a certain, you know. Uh, you know, whatever, some grassy area in the middle of the hotel that's totally fenced off with just doors to the inside, that's fine. It's also going to be okay. But once you're dealing with those hotels or motels where you open up to the outside, right, and the main office is across a, you know, driveway or whatever, that's a totally different story. Then you, then, then, then you can't carry outside your room. It's on job, obviously. Yeah. How high does the fence have to be? How high does the fence have to be? Um, I think we're talking at least 10 fachim, but I have to, I have to be careful. 
What? <laughs> we literally go to the same place. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk uh, afterwards. We'll talk afterwards. But that's in terms of uh, Erevin at hotels. So that, that uh, if there's an Erevin in your city, where you are, there's no shadow. There's an Erevin in the city. It covers everything. Nothing to talk about. Okay. What about, okay, this one, this one comes up sometimes also. What about the following scenario? Um, okay, electronic key. Electronic key question. It comes up all the time. When I got married, actually, when I got married, my wife's grandmother took us all to a hotel for Sheva Brachas, and they had, it, was a, like, it wasn't from owned, but I guess a lot of people go there. They had little keys that they gave you for Shabbos. That underneath the, the thing, you could actually open the door with the key, which is wild. I've never seen it before. But um, that doesn't happen in most places where we go, right? So just about every place you go now has electronic keys. Has that work? So the way it works is as follows. We have uh, source number four is a halacha we've seen many times over the last number of weeks and years and months. The halacha known as shvus to shvus mitzvah. What's shvus to shvus mitzvah? It's that when I ask, asking a non-Jew to do malacha for me, right, is an isidar abanan. Amir l'nachis isidar abanan. The non-Jew, if the action the non-Jew is doing is also dirabanan, then that's two dirabanans. If I do that in a situation of a tzorech gadol, mitzvah, etc., then it becomes permissible to ask a non-Jew to do the malach on my behalf. Because generally, I can't just ask a non-Jew to do whatever I want on Shabbos. A non-Jew can't just turn on lights for me, or drive for me, or do all kinds of things for me. That's generally prohibited me dirabanan. But in a scenario with a, a big, big tzorech, look at source number four. It's not in the melacha. And it's only also because it's in Yisad Rabbanan. Okay? So I need something very, very badly, like I need to sleep in my room at night. Right? Or I have children who need to get inside their room. Etc. So that's going to be a tzorach harbe. It's certainly uh, the mitzvah of Oneg Shabbos. To be able to be in your room over Shabbos is certainly a tzorach enough to allow it. Is it better to ask them ahead of time to set it up with the, you know, the front desk? Yes. If you can set up with them ahead of time, that's certainly better. Um, the other thing, though, is that because it needs to be a tzorach, you know, some type of significant tzorach, it, is, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be employed like... Or, or it should be employed at least with some seichel, meaning if you're going to leave your room now, so make sure that you have all the things that you need and they not have to come back six times. You know, like, because it's, it, to say I have to go back to like get my flip-flops, I don't know if that's like a tzorach mitzvah. You know what I mean? So like, but I have to go to sleep at night or I have to, you know, I want to be in the room for the next four hours, I have nowhere to go, I want to take a nap, etc. That's something different. So a person should like use a little bit of seichel, even if you're going to ask the non-Jew to open the door for you, you should try to not do it, you know, a million times. You know, impossible to minimize it a little bit. Yeah. Are you allowed to carry the car key to have them open it? Oh, that's a good question. It's a piece of plastic. Can you carry it? It's a piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic. I should have, I should have thought of this before I came here. Um... <laughs> Can you carry that key? That key has one job to open a door in Shabbos, which is, uh, which is it should be muksa, that key. Um, do they have master keys to open your door, these places? They can scan any key, right? I think the best thing to do, the best thing to do is to say ahead of time, to ask them ahead of time, can I leave a key with you? You know, they'll, they'll come open it for you. No, you ask the hotel, I'm, I'm staying in room X, please write it down, make a note. They're not that many people. You ask them, I'm staying in the, hotel. the hotels I've stayed in, they're usually pretty, pretty care about the guests. The, 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 they get the crazy it. Person. Yeah. You're the crazy guy, the crazy guy with the beanie on his head. Yeah, they're going to open the door. Yeah. They're going to know who you are. You ask them nicely, they'll do it. Yeah, is it a little uncomfortable? Absolutely, it is. 
Um, but you ask them. It's also uncomfortable to ask the lady the you know thing. Can I see the the the, the you with the O on it? You know, on the on the you know on the box. That's you know that's it's a little uncomfortable, but that's that's the right thing to do. I would do that um, rather than me carrying a key around with you in Shabbos. Yes, I think it's probably not a good idea. Um, um, what about you want to go to a place that uh, is, doesn't have hashkacha on the place, right? The the restaurant, the friendlies, the whatever. A place doesn't have hashkach in that place, but you know that they have kosher items in that place. So the best example, you want to get ice cream at Friendly's, right? So some might say to you, like, every, every single flavor of Friendly's is kosher. I don't think that's true. I don't know if it's true that every single flavor is kosher. No, the so, rum, right. rum, rum, rum. Yeah, so there are enough flavors that are not kosher. You can't just say, well, everything's kosher here. So uh, it's, there are two ways to go about it. Either sometimes they have a list. You can get a list online. They have a list in the place sometimes, depending if you're in the right place. They have lists. They can give you a list. Um, or you just do the really awkward part and say, can you do me a favor and show me the tub? You see the OU, the Chafke, whatever. It's a little annoying. But they're going to they're gonna rinse that scoop off every time anyways. If you want to ask them, you want to be a tzaddik, that's great. You don't want to ask them, it's uncomfortable. They're going to rinse it off anyways. Um, and to get the ice cream at a place that's, you know, again, do I think that's, you know, is that Lechad in, uh, in anywhere you are? I think Lechad Chila, you can go to a place that has Ashkacha. But if you're on vacation and you're away and you can't, you know, you, you don't have that option. So when I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, so there was no kosher ice cream place, there's a haagen So we go to the haagen and they would show us the thing, they knew the shtick already, and they'd show me the thing. And then I came here, right, somewhere, or somewhere else in New York. Uh, and I asked the haagen lady if he had shown me the thing. She's like, no. <laughs> I'm not in the South anymore, you know. Um, but, but, but you asked them to do that, you know. Self-serve. Right. So if, you, if you, you have to check to make sure they have the documentation that that soft store flavor has ashkacha. I'm saying, as long as you don't care about the machine. So why don't you care about the machine in the soft serve place? It's cold. Because it's all cold. Because it's all cold. Again, so, does that mean, again, if there's a soft serve place with ashkacha right here and there's another place that doesn't have ashkacha, I'd go to the ashkacha place. Especially because then this, the fact that that, that that flavor is kosher does not mean that the sprinklers are kosher or that the cones are kosher or any of that stuff. Anything, any other thing you want to take, you have to ask them to see, the, to see the, the container, right? Which gets uncomfortable and hard and people don't usually do that. So you have to keep it in mind. You have to be smart about it, right? So, so uh, but you're saying like vacation, yes. but... Mr. Softy has a hashkasa. Right. I don't know what Mr. Softy is. Okay, yeah. You don't know It's like when the ice cream trucks that go around. Those things, okay. Soft serve has a hashkasa. Okay. Can I get it? So if it has... Or, I don't know the mitzvahs of Mr. Softy. Let's assume that, there's a, that, that the CRC has a list of Mr. Softy flavors... And tells you that they're kosher. Okay, but the truck doesn't have hashkacha and it sells other... So it's the same thing as a, as a, as a, a 7-Eleven. Slurpee. Right. So Slurpee is the same scenario. Right. right. You have you have kosher flavors in a non-kosher place. Uh, the one difference, by the way, that I think about Seven Eleven is different than Seven Eleven. Everybody knows that Seven Eleven is full of trafe stuff. Yeah. Right. Every. Everybody knows that. Um, everyone knows that Seven Eleven is trafe. They have. Pizza with pepperoni and hot dogs and whatever. So you go to Seven Eleven, you walk up to the store, and no one thinks like, "Oh, I guess Seven Eleven is kosher." And no one thinks that, right? right. You go into a place that like has right. lots of trafe stuff, but has right? right. So what I'm saying is that if you're on vacation, there's nowhere else to go. So you think so, it, it could all, it could be Marasayan if you go to a Mr. Softy truck? It's Mr. Marasayan. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't want to say Mar- okay. Mr. Softy. I don't know for sure to, to say. Yeah. So, you have to know everything, but don't say just because you go to front. I'm just saying an example. Friendlies or wherever the place is. If you want to get a cone there, you gotta know, you gotta see the box, the cones that has. It probably does have a shakal. You have to ask them. So, so years ago, yeah, my father discovered that Burger King or McDonald's nice. has. Let's go after it. Already. A hashkaka on the milkshake mix. 
that they use in the restaurant, <laughs> like nationally, like all the <laughs> why they have a why they why they get a brand that has a hot dog. Who knows? Okay. But is that acceptable to to go in there and you know <laughs> with a baseball hat? I'm no shake from Burger King. Oh yeah. You think that's funny? But why is it different? No, it's not so different. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to say you can go to Burger King and get a milkshake. I'm going to go on the record. I mean, I don't know if they still use. Yeah. So all that stuff again. Yeah. So the good the good news is the good news is with a lot of these things we do know. Meaning icy flavors and slurpy flavors and all. There's so much. There's so many resources there. Get the apps. They're going to tell you the flavors of of gazillion things of what's kosher and not kosher. And you can same thing with families and all these places. They have all these lists of all these flavors. It's just it's just being responsible and taking a look. If there's a mashkiach, right? You don't have to worry. When there's no mashkiach, you become the mashkiach. Um, and I think also, by the way, same thing. You teach a wonderful lesson to your children. If on vacation you like. You'd spend the extra extra two minutes to check it, to to say you know, do you mind showing me the thing, or can I see the documentation? It's like a little uncomfortable, a little bit weird, and it's a little hard to do sometimes. You feel embarrassed, but I think that it you're being responsible. Why would you not? You wouldn't let those things into your house, so why would you let those things in right on vacation either? It's the same thing. Rabbi, so yeah, in hotels that have uh, the electric eyes, electric for eyes. opening doors. Yeah, can you tailgate? Yes, you can tailgate. Yeah, wait for someone else to walk through. Which what he means is someone else. This is true wherever you, you're in a you're in hospital, on job is whatever. Same thing, and the doors are opening with you know electronically. So yeah, you just wait for someone else to walk through, and you walk right behind them. Also uncomfortable. That's fine. <laughs> we don't have to say anything. You just kind of hang out. Look at your phone. I'm kidding. Can you tailgate? Can you tailgate into an elevator? I would. I would avoid. I would avoid the elevator. We're young, strapping young guys sometimes, here. Sometimes the staircases are alarmed. Are alarmed. The staircase is alarmed. So then I guess you're going to have to tell you to get into an elevator. What are you going to do? Hang out the... If you cannot get in the staircase, really, I've, really I interesting. Hope they hit your floor. Well, if you if you've well, already so the little kids. Little kids. If you can't using a using a Shabbos elevator is a 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 is so again, if you have no other options, so yes, and you can, it's a shush, 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 mitzvah, it's the same thing. You're gonna have, you, can, you, you have no other choice. You can't get up the stairs without, without asking them to push the button for you, so that you're gonna have to do. But uh, if you can avoid it, and if it's three flights up, you can walk. So I would, uh, I would walk. Um, the last one, interesting one, people don't know this one either. Let's say you're going on a cruise. Does it matter what day you schedule your cruise? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That you, when you go on a, on a, when you're going on a boat, you shouldn't leave on Thursday or Friday to go on a boat. Why? Because the first three days of a, of a, on a boat, you feel nauseous and whatever. You're, you're, uh, you, know, uh, you get sick and you're going to have to be Mechal Shabbos if you go within the first a couple days before Shabbos. So really a person should, should board a... You know, and, and even though you might argue on a cruise ship, there's no such thing anymore. You don't get nauseous. I think tons of people do, but most people don't. Um, nonetheless, the appropriate thing to do is to, to schedule a cruise. If possible, it starts on Sunday through Wednesday, if you can if a person uh, finds himself, they already scheduled it and whatever, then you ask, ask a shadow. But uh, generally, the, the correct way to schedule a cruise is to do, through, do so Sunday through Wednesday, even though you're going to stay on the boat on Shabbos. That's okay. Uh, but to, to board on Thursday or Friday, certainly to board on Shabbos, but even to board on Thursday or Friday, um, would not be a good idea. If you want to know more about these specific shadows about a cruise, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg has a whole, a whole thing just on halachas of a cruise. 
Can you get off when they when they when they dis you know can you disembark and all this different stuff? You can find it. You can just Google it. Uh, you'll find the halachas of a cruise. But that's a whole different story. Any other questions before we uh, finish? If, we didn't get there. If you can order, I just cut up fruit from the kitchen. Oh, good. So so um, it's just fruit, not, not right, right, right. So a lot, a lot of that depends on what kind of kitchen it is. You know, if it's a kitchen where they're cutting up meat and other kinds of other stuff. At a, at, a, at, a, at a supermarket, you know, Julio's, these types of things, or even at, like a, <laughs> at a shop, right, for example. You know, yeah, so, but I'm saying when it's in a, a, a supermarket or a bigger place, industrial place, there's much more reason to be makeable because in those situations, everything's separated. You're not, they're not using the knives they use for the, for the pork chops for the, for the fruit. It's a separate s- section. A place that's just a fruit store for, is really okay. Um, but uh, the question is, you get to a place like this, you know, can you use coffee? I've seen, I've seen different opinions in the post game. Some say no because everything is mixed together. Others say yeah because not, not onions or radishes or, thing, or lemons or things like that, but uh, because then a trafe, right? The, the trafe knife will actually uh, give the time to the item. But for melons and things like that, so a lot of post game are make even for cut stuff because they feel like as long as things are, you know, knives cleaned off, you're not worried about it. What about like um, <clears throat> if you were on vacation? Would you be able to buy like raw salmon? Yeah, yes, you can. Uh, you can go to a supermarket that doesn't have a kosher doesn't have a kosher section and get salmon. The, the best thing to do is ask them to like to clean the knife before they cut it. That's the best thing to do. Um, and then as long as you can tell that it's really salmon because it has the color, um, or even better if it has this you know the scales on it or whatever, that's the best way to do it. But yeah, you could do that. You could do that, especially on vacation. Again, yeah. Would you be able to like trust like a standard supermarket? If that's really salmon. And it's tuna? Uh, we don't say that usually. It doesn't have, you don't have TSI anymore. You can't really, you don't really know. You can't look. You go back to my shear four years ago. Remember what, my shear four years ago where I said that tuna's not really tuna and you got upset, right? But, um, but yeah, you can't, you, you can't necessarily rely on that. Unless there was some, because apparently it's not always true. But salmon is one example. Again, something that has the tilapia or whatever and it has, it has the, the scales on it, that's different. Then you can, then you can buy that also. But I don't know if it's always true that they have it. So I would not I would not do that because in a scenario when you're in a place where you have ashkacha, then you don't have to worry on like relying on you know like a morbidity of it things. So I would I would sooner as a, I, I'm not telling you I'm not telling you uh, that the, that the halacha is that it's forbidden to do so. I'm not saying that, but it's the same thing. It's like all these things when you're in a place where you have ashkachas and you have you have perfectly you have standards that are that are amazing why are we going to like you know the Bidiyevit scenario on vacation you know where else to buy so then then you can start relying the Ikra Din which I think is appropriate but uh, otherwise <laughs> we should we should strive for high standards um, even if it's going to cost a little bit of money I think we should strive for high standards um, in our in our normal day to day stuff day to day options I think we should strive for high standards um, you know should I go if I can whatever just in general just strive for high standards especially in Kastris if we can Going back to the uh, Arab in a hotel question, yeah. can people check out on Shabbos? Have you heard this where? Oh, because you, know, you have because you're leaving like Matzah Shabbos. Right, right, right. So you, take your suitcase so you don't have to do lobby. anything to check out. Right. So the only issue is like a hachana issue, I guess. Right. Um, that's a good question. It's a lot. It's a big hefted mammon question. Right? It's a serious amount of money. Uh, can go there. I'm not. I'm not positive, but let's, we can talk about that separately. That's an interesting question. Because um, it doesn't require any malacha on your right. part. You're not going to do anything. You just, walk, you just out. walk out. You can check it. You could tell them ahead of time, I'm going to check out, a, you know, whatever. And you don't have to do anything. You didn't sign anything. Luggage, you could have just walked out of the room. Anyway. You could just walk out of the room. That would be, that would be fine. Are but, they settling uh, the bill since they're sending you the, 
They're sending you the bill. They but they could set the bill the next day. You could say to them, send me the bill on Sunday. Right. Exactly. You know, and they decide to do it on Shabbos. It's their choice. And some places they like you don't slip care. the bill you under you your that, door. They slip it the day you leave. And if the day you yeah, leave, the bigger issue is a Achana issue. The bigger issue is that you're going to be packing your bags on Shabbos for after Shabbos. That's, that's, a, that's bigger a, than a potential That's a bigger issue. Because you can avoid credit card. Yeah, but you could tell them, ask them not to. Ask them to wait till Sunday. Or ask them to bill you the day early. Or whatever. I'm saying you can probably get around that. They decide to do it then, that's their choice. Okay, but that saying. is an issue. But, being billed under um, possibly, possibly. But, I'm not, but, the, but the bigger issue is, is probably the Hachana issue, which I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's for sure not good. I'd, I'd want to check. Would, would you be allowed to, <coughs> your, to like keep your bag in like a holding area until the end of Shabbat? If it's not a Hachana issue, then, then right, probably yeah, but yes. But if, it, but if it's a Hachana issue, then which it very unlikely may be. Because you're what you're doing, you're packing your bags for after Shabbos. Right. So it's a, I can't imagine a greater archana than that. Uh, it's a it's a it's a big hefsid. It's you know it could be costing you a few hundred dollars. So it's an interesting question. It's a question. It's an interesting question. Okay, yeah. Anything else? It doesn't work with kids. So it <laughs> <laughs> okay. Safe travel.